Hello and welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the show where we talk about movies, we talk about good movies, and we do our best not to talk about bad movies, but hey, we're only human kids. Yeah, you know? and we actually best choice them, and we're only human actually children. Actually best choice them, gotta take a voice, and also uh, my other friend. Whoa, are you trying to freestyle rap? I was doing, I think I was doing freestyle rapping. I wasn't trying to do it at mm, all. Sounded like a try. I think that actually I'm the best rapper of all time, and that was amazing. I did um, an amazing job. Have you seen the climax of 8 Mile to bring this back to movies? <laughs> I have seen many people climax on film, if Ooh. that's what you're asking me. We've yes. talked about climax on this podcast. Yes, indeed. Um, so maybe I'll cut all that out. Maybe I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my maybe I'll cut Chris. this out. Yeah, my name is Chris Chafin. I'm one of the hosts of this show. I am also a host of the show, and my name is Caleb Shive-Overly. So normally the way that the show works, just to give you a bit of an idea, if you're a new listener, and if so, God bless you. God bless you, and thank you so much. How did um, you find us? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll take you out for dinner. If you're in New York, I honestly will. Um, I'll take you near dinner. We could talk about <laughs> it, but like probably end up at a bar. Caleb will walk you in front of a restaurant, but you won't actually go inside. Um, would you let them like read the menu also? Ooh, um, no. <laughs> just just a like a quick walk by on the I sidewalk. I don't encourage reading whatsoever. That is true about you. You hate literacy. Anyway, like I was saying, so this show, normally we talk about two movies. One is a new movie that's good, and the other one is a second movie that's related to it in some way. Uh, you know, the same director, similar themes, et cetera, et cetera. This week, we're, you know, slowing things down a bit. It's what I like to refer to as a chat around. And I I feel like my internal rule is we can do one of these a month. So this is your April chat around. We're actually getting it out of the way, like, right at the beginning of the month. So that puts a lot of pressure on us to not do this again. Oh, I think we're good. I think we should be fine. We're strong men. I feel 10 feet tall right now. And strong as an ox. Who the fuck is this guy? Hey, who the fuck are you? Huh? Who the fuck are you? Yeah, so we're just going to talk about some films we've seen recently, uh, kind of like we do at the top of the show. And we're just going to kind of do that for the whole show. With some other stuff, there's going to be actually a fun game as well. If you like fun games, please keep listening. Um, that's we all this week on Actually Best Choice Movies. <laughs> Um, but before we get to any of that, uh, we're just actually, no, we're just actually going to do that. Before we right, get to any of that, that, let's get to that. <laughs> you could go first this week. You usually ask me. But Chris, you saw some stuff. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, uh, this week, well, I mean, I didn't actually see this this week. I saw it recently. Um, on I was on a Delta flight recently. Um, but so I fly Delta occasionally. And I have seen, like, basically every movie worth seeing on Delta Airlines. Um, not to brag. But so <laughs> one of them, um, uh -huh. I think what you were referring to is the film Juliet Naked that I recently watched. Mm -hmm. Which I actually watched on a plane. It's a good. I saw someone on Twitter call it the perfect plane movie. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I had no expectations of it, and I was more than surprised, and I fully enjoyed it. I may look like a nice English lady in a sensible cardigan, but these days it's a thin veneer, and it's starting to crack. Yeah. So the deal with the film, which I also found to be enjoyable, I would say, 
is it starts off with Chris O'Dowd and Rose Byrne. Chris O'Dowd, of course, from the IT crowd and that HBO show uh, that Christopher Guest made that wasn't very good. Uh, Family Tree. Chris O'Dowd is one of the stars. And then Rose the other Byrne. one is Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, who I think of as like someone who looks like she would have been on Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. but wasn't. Uh, Rose Byrne, I think of as a person who doesn't get cast nearly enough. She has so much movie star glamour, and she's probably... Uh, can handle comedy better than most people, but we don't take her seriously because she's that attractive. This is why I refer to her as someone who could have been on Children's I think Hospital she's who too wasn't famous to be on Children's Hospital. But I, those I, people are all like really famous. But like, she's like next level famous. I feel like. I mean, f- I, fine, fine, yes, fine. But do you know what I'm saying? Like everyone who's on sure, Children's sure. Hospital, they Rick were like Bell, extremely attractive people. Who I mean, uh, Valerie Flame got too hot for that show. Shout out Mally Nockerman. <laughs> But, you know, all those people were very attractive people who, exactly like you said, they could do comedy really well, but people didn't think that they could because they were that attractive. Mm-hmm. I have a brain tumor. Oh, Jesus Christ. How long have you known? How long have I known? Have I known? Well, Roseburn had probably, I think, one of the best comedies of our century, which is this 21st century, <laughs> is uh, Bridesmaids. It's uh, amazing. Like, everyone can agree that it's really hard to make a comedy that everyone can agree on. And Bridesmaids, more than uh, it's lovely. And she, uh, I thought, held it together as a villain, a movie that needed a villain. My name's Helen Harris III, and I am a proud member of Lillian's bridal party. She was very good yeah. as the villain. I actually totally forgot that was mm-hmm. her. Until and um, one of my favorite movies, Spy, which is also in uh, yes. from the uh, same director Isn't as she also, Is she the villain in that, Yes, too? and she's so good. You remind me of my mother. Oh. Really? You know that. I mean, you and I are, you and I are pretty close in age. You're funny. And uh, her and McCarthy have like this insane chemistry. It's one of those things like she can handle comedy so well. I'm Nicholas McCarthy, as we know, is a comedy ringer. Um, but yeah, she's a. And in this movie, Juliet Naked, she is more straightforward, and she gets to play an actual character, not as a cartoony. Which, uh, yeah, please more of that from her. And she's the hero. It's really odd to be saying all this to a stranger, but I have a hunch I've wasted the last 15 years of my life. So the plot of the movie is that um, the two of them are a married couple, and he is obsessed with this singer who's kind of like a Jeff Buckley character, like a 90s alt-rock person who, instead of swimming into a river and dying, just like mysteriously disappeared. And he runs like they have him with this in because this is a movie from like what like last year yeah last year okay so they have him running this insane like 1999 looking website with like fan site GeoCities looking it's like a GeoCity it's got like a big like huge font menu on the side where it's like pics blog take a spin now you're in with the techno set you're going surfing on the internet. Uh, and then he's doing a webcast in like a very tiny window on the page mm-hmm. and the background is like brown or something. Its main thrust is its message board where uh, yeah. fans just come and trade anecdotes. It's right. weird how much it gets updated. But it was very much like, it was definitely like a website that someone in the production department was given like part of an afternoon to make. Sure. You know, it was it did not look like I had really any thought put into it. <laughs> it actually literally I recently found a uh Star Trek Enterprise fan site from 2003 and it looked almost exactly like oh, wow. that website. Famously the uh Space Jam website is still up from of 1996, course. yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic website. Sure. Anyway, he's running this thing and he's obsessed he's obsessed with it. It's really more like sort of a subreddit, but they didn't want to call it a subreddit for some reason. Mm-hmm. And he's also like a professor. And so it's kind of just about their lives. They live in England and their boyfriend and girlfriend, they're not married. And then it's sort of like he cheats on her with some 
person he meets at work. Although, which I one thing I thought was interesting is they didn't make her look unsympathetic. They made her look just fine and cool. And they it was kind bonded of, over Tucker, like that's, over Tucker, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, right. What part of their uh, of his personality was that he really is super obsessed, uh, and they kind of hit that hard. And I think that was really good casting of Chris O'Dowd because it's a very funny thing to be obsessed with a yeah. uh, indie singer songwriter from uh, like twenty years yeah. ago. Uh, but yeah, he has these uh, full-on making montages and videos. Um, but yeah, uh, he runs a site so well to get the plot moving forward a little bit uh, that he gets sent. <laughs> no, Caleb, I want to go through every <laughs> single scene of well, Juliet he gets Naked. Sent a uh, demo copy of uh, the most famous album, uh, and him and Rose Byrne, Annie, his her name is Annie in this movie, and his name is Duncan. Uh, they listen to it separately. Uh, and then Annie, her on her own, without any of him knowing, posts a bad review on the website. Right. And this, this is, is what like you might call sacrilege. an inciting incident yeah. in the plot, right? Mm-hmm. And then blah blah blah, more blah blah blah. And then Tucker Crow likes that someone shit on him. You nailed it. I couldn't have explained it better myself. Tucker Crow. Tucker Crow, as in Duncan's idol, Tucker yes. Crow. Yeah, it's really me. Right. Reads the, the somehow reads this website, knows about these obsessive bands, reaches out to the person who shit on him. Turns out they start have a little spark on that email exchange. Yes. That grows. I don't know how far you got into this movie. They. Well, I know fast past this part. Okay. Yeah. And so then she basically like then we start seeing Tucker Crow because the whole thing is he's vanished, right? No one knows where he is, and there's all these like rumors about where's Tucker Crow. But then through this correspondence, the movie starts showing us his real life. And it's just extremely, extremely ordinary. Like, he lives, I guess, in a barn behind his ex-wife's house. It's in upstate New York. He's got a couple of kids. And as we find out, he actually has... I guess he has one kid that he lives with. One kid he lives with. I think it's overall, like, three... Uh, three, three kids, kids to four, what, four kids the three wives or something like that no there's three. there's four kids and then there's the fifth kid that he doesn't want to talk about because there's the, like the twins right, those right, two right. brothers right but yeah so we find out he actually has like a million kids which is kind of funny kind of weird it's kind of like a really weird he character was a specific. Rock star. um and i guess it was the 90s i don't he know did people not he's wear a condoms? person who looked like ethan hawk did he should have listened to more tlc songs obviously and like worn a fucking condom Take this and put the pin it to your clothes. If anybody asks you why you're wearing it, you know, just tell them um, for safe sex and start explaining to them. So we, we kind of took it from there. <laughs> um, and so they sort of start hitting it off. And then he ends up coming to England and then they stay together. And then uh, eventually, of course, her ex, Chris O'Dowd, finds out that she's there with Tucker Crow. And of course, first he doesn't believe it because this is like if it's like J.D. Salinger or something is there. You know, he's like, yeah, right. Fuck you. But then eventually he realizes, oh, my God, it really is Tucker Crow. And so this is the so then they have a dinner where he's being like really geeking out over Tucker Crow, who, by the way, played by Ethan Hawke, Mm -hmm. living treasure. So good in this movie at being just like very relaxed. Close to like what he's really like, I feel like. Have, uh, you, have you seen him at like Q and A's or something? I've seen him. I have seen him Q and A. I've seen him at that lobster restaurant on Smith Street too. <laughs> he was with a whole bunch of people and didn't mind that I like looked over and made eye contact. He seems like <laughs> he just seems like kind of this is what he's like. Like not a hundred percent, but a little bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, he gets to play a uh, Ethan Hawke, huge music fan. He's starting his own record label. Mm. Directed that movie about Blaze Foley last year, and here he gets to play washed up rock star. He does that very well. He does it very well. Yeah. And um, they get in a big fight and basically at first it's like so cringy. Chris O'Dowd is being like a crazy fan and Rose Byrne is like, shut up. And we, you, you, the viewer are like, shut up. This is insane. But then, but then it takes an interesting turn where he says to Ethan Hawke, um, 
because he basically he's complimenting Ethan Hawke so much, and Ethan Hawke keeps going like, oh, "Look, it's just a record. Like you're being weird. Like stop it." But eventually, and eventually, Ethan Hawke is like, "It's not even good. Shut up. It's stupid. It's terrible." And Chris O'Dowd is like, "Look, you don't appreciate how good your art is because you're so naturally talented, and we don't value things that come naturally. But it really does." have meaning and you should be proud of it and it means a lot to me and i don't even give a fuck if you don't like it um and i was like actually that's pretty cool so that but so that is as far as i saw the movie so i didn't i think it had like a full 40 minutes yeah left. i think you got like the right about the end of act two maybe no, so there's yeah. like a whole third act left yeah there's definitely a third act left. i think there's a little bit even more in the second yeah so caleb has seen the whole film mm-hmm uh, which obviously I have not, and I wanted to try to predict what happens in the rest of the movie. It's game time. Yes, so here's a game time for me. So um, we're leaving the action with Chris O'Dowd storming out of his apartment, and then uh, Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke are there along with his one son. And there's like a secret kid that we don't know about, okay? Uh, oh, and we forgot to mention Ethan Hawke had a heart attack. So there's kind of like a little health element to it, like some danger. So the stakes are raised, right? Yes. Okay. So here's what I think happens. The two of them stay in England for a, a little while longer and uh, it's fine to make it maybe another day. Okay. And then, uh, but Ethan Hawke has to go back home. The kid has to go back to school. So he kind of leaves and they're like, oh, are things weird between us? Are they not weird between us? And then her she kind of sees her boyfriend in kind of a new light and because she kind of was a little maybe a little bit moved by what he said and he's maybe fighting with his new girlfriend and they kind of reconnect a little bit like they're not going to get back together necessarily but like maybe they're going to get back together and in the meantime tucker crow is kind of being like irresponsible and um she's maybe mad at him a little bit but see chris o'dowd has inspired him with his speech, even though he doesn't think he should be inspired, and he writes a new record, and it's named after his secret child that he didn't want to have anything to do with, who comes back in the movie at some point, and he releases it, and um, he's not together with Rose Byrne anymore, and Rose Byrne is not together with her old boyfriend. Oh, I forgot to mention, probably they have sex when she's he's in England, but they have sex like once, and it's kind of weird, and then they don't have sex again. And then they get to go to like, the release party or something and the album is like dedicated to Chris O'Dowd and uh, Chris O'Dowd like writes a book about uh, Tucker Crow, which he gets successful for the book and Rose Byrne. Uh, it's not like wish it's cause so for her, it has to be a little more realistic. I feel like she's going to, um, she's going to, cause she all along has wanted to leave where she's been and uh, she doesn't want to run this museum anymore. So on the one hand, I want to say maybe she learns to appreciate where she is and is happy with her life and her sister. She has like a kooky sister. And like maybe that's where it goes. But then I want to say maybe it just has kind of an uncertain ending where she like closes up shop and then kind of sets out to find her own destiny. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How am I doing here, Caleb? How I am would I doing? say you're at the cusp of a lot of things. But mostly wrong. <laughs> but like the general idea, like that was probably storyboarded up. Okay, okay so, so let's yeah, tell uh, me, tell me. go through. So after this dinner scene, uh, there is uh, more hanging out between the Annie and Tucker Crow. Uh, they uh, end up. She, uh, you said they go to a party, uh, album release thing. Uh-huh. Uh, they go to. Uh, she had an art exhibit. Remember, she had. A, she's. Oh, a, I forgot yeah, about her art exhibit. She has right. art exhibit. They go to that. 
Uh, and since he's famous, they uh, ask him to play a song, and he plays um, Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, he does talk more about his... Uh, oh, oh, that that night. Okay, so you said, oh, they probably have sex once. That night, they got, like they played Waterloo Sunset. He was the guest. They kind of look hooking up. It's feeling it. They're going to have sex. As they're go about to have sex... Uh, the kid comes in and pukes. Oh, yep. Okay, I definitely should have seen that. That's that's. I can As he pukes see that. and they uh, tend to him, he says, "When are we going home?" Mm. Uh, so like, uh, then he at Tucker asks, uh, as they have grown close together, Tucker asks her to go home with him, and she says no, Ooh. and that he can't stay here either because he's like, well, maybe I could stay because he needs to be with that kid. This is his last chance yeah, with right. a kid. Because uh, he did tell her about Grace. Grace is the other daughter's right. name. Um, so Grace comes back into play. You want to take? I don't think you really. You took a guess that she comes back. She into definitely this movie. has to come back. So in, there obviously. is one scene with her only. Is she the daughter of the woman who he wrote the album about? Yes, yes. that is it. Yes, and they explain, I can and, definitely. And tell. she is uh, that woman, and who was a fan of her, her of Tucker's came to a show with Grace the, as a baby, uh, and presented him the baby and this turned out to be tucker's last show she handed him the baby and he thought she just straight up left and abandoned her child with him and he was like i can't handle this and he left the baby in a men's room sink no way uh, but then oh like he saw that the woman was back but like he after he did that he realized i can't do this anymore and that's why he quit music because like he can't face an audience knowing that uh the julie the album he wrote about was like he can't sing these songs about this person anymore they can't like feel these things um so that was that, and then so he calls her. He that's can I just say that's fucking really dark. He call yeah. He calls uh, Grace, uh, and this is the one scene we don't really get to see her at all. And she just says, "I have a dad." Hangs up, and that's the end of that story. Ooh. That's the closure. So I kind of like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, like I said, uh, they don't get together. He has to. He goes back to the states, and then yes, uh, Chris O'Dowd Duncan uh, comes back. It's a they're at a bar. He comes back, uh, pleads with her, uh, says no, no, not for me. Uh, and then it cuts to like a year later. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this when his new album is coming out? Oh, I'll get to that. Okay. Because okay. that definitely has to happen, yeah. right? So a year later, it's, this movie's about more about, mostly about Annie because like, they talked about her because like, uh, Tucker had all these kids and she couldn't she, have, right. she hasn't had, she, she has hasn't no had kids. kids and she yeah, wants right. kids. Uh, she, uh, has a kid, uh, like she becomes pregnant, uh, like it's, uh, the sperm donor away. She doesn't do it with the, uh. Oh with that Duncan Because oh, at some point they do say to yeah, her, have you ever considered own. having a kid on your own? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tucker t- was came to London to begin with because uh, he had a daughter in London who was pregnant. He wanted to meet his granddaughter. And so he comes back and they meet up. Nice. Uh, and he, that's basically the end of the movie is that he comes and they meet up again. They're friends. Uh, end credits scene. Pretty cool end credits scene. It's uh, Chris O'Dowd posting a video on his website, on the Tucker Crow website, about Tucker Crow's new album. Okay, all right. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, he hates it. <laughs> he hates it because it is about... Oh, his girlfriend. Annie. It's about oh, Annie. Oh, shit. Annie inspired Tucker Crow to make music, so there was like a real spark there. Mm-hmm. And it was probably, I think, overall well-received, but just this one specific guy, who is a very good nerd in this movie. He's a very good nerd. Obsessive nerd, which is Chris O'Dowd. It was one of my favorite things about the movie, um, and I will t- react to all that bullshit in a second. I mean, that was... <laughs> well, let me... No, I'll, I'll react to it, it now. super bullshit. It was a... 
No, when I say bullshit, I just mean not exactly what I said, so I'm <laughs> mad at it. Um, no, that's like pretty close to what I predicted, I will say. It was obviously I didn't get it 100%. No, you were like on the cusp of like so close to so many things. I think I got kind of the relationships though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I think you said it, it was about more about her. More about her and it's like none of them are going to be together. He's going to have a yeah, new uh, record. Chris O'Dowd's not really in the movie much after that dinner scene. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he just probably has that tried and pleading with her scene and then the end credit scene but so if he's pleading with her that must mean he broke up with his other girlfriend yeah yeah so i totally nailed it i nailed it right <laughs> uh i'm like a fucking genius uh yeah i feel like i pretty well got it the stuff with grace is good i would not have predicted that that's wild yeah that's um, why he quit, quit music too I, they kind of landed why he quit making music yeah that's pretty crazy oh so no i was gonna say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is you know, obviously the Rose Byrne character is so mad that Chris O'Dowd has this stupid website that he maintains and he spends all his time doing Tucker Crow stuff and it's really ridiculous. And she's always, he's like bragging to her about how many comments he gets on his posts and stuff, which was definitely felt like it, you know, cut deep. Like mm-hmm. I could definitely feel that in my heart. And so she's always like, oh, it's so stupid. But after, so first of all, she goes on and writes this review that's mean and then she herself is talking to her sister and she's like, people agree with me. Look, I got like 13 comments. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool and funny. Like I, that's, it's just impossible not to feel that way. As far as uh, music criticism and uh, how we deal with the internet in general, it's kind of a fun uh, yeah. take of a movie. Yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, and it's three leads. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Ethan Hawke, Rose Byrne, Chris O'Dowd. They're all great. All, all strong, super good performances. Um, yeah, it was actually a really good movie, honestly. Um, I <laughs> the feel... two thirds you saw. <laughs> yeah, the two thirds were great. And, I've and had... the part I just described to you, the, cre- I, the part I corrected you Look, on. The entertainment this movie has brought into my life is watching it and then getting to have a great conversation sure. with it about my friend. It ate know? up our chat around time. <laughs> it really did. I'm sorry. I, I could see you looking at the clock and like, because you have your own chat around stuff you want to talk I about. I mean, we don't have. No, let's go. Uh, what's uh, Caleb? You had something. You what well, have you been watching? La- last night I watched. Uh, well, rest in peace, Agnes Varda. She passed away last week. Uh, I have. Well, I'm true. not super familiar with her work. Um, I've, I've seen Faces, Places. It was amazing uh, how everyone on Twitter was the biggest Agnes Varda fan of all time, oh, even though sure. no one had ever tweeted about her before. I, well, she had Faces, Places uh, two years ago, which was great. Uh, go see that movie. It was uh, nominated for. Uh, a, a documentary Oscar, very human movie. Uh, they have a section for her on Canopy right now. Uh, oh, Canopy cool. is the library streaming service. Everyone go have get Canopy. It's like free, isn't it? It's if you have a library card. Yep, it's great. And they have an Agnes Vargas session right now. Uh, and I watched uh, Cleo from uh, Five to Seven, probably her most popular movie. Yeah. I think Godard pops up as a cameo in it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, but anyway, uh, I watched that last night, Black and White. It deals with this... Uh, existential dread it is from five to seven so it's two hours uh of this woman's life and she's this pretty woman a singer and then we get to see how she deals with bad news that she gets and it like at first it's like she treats her as like kind of a vapid person she is just treated beautifully but then we get to see more of her perspective and it just like allows her to be like a fully realized character not only uh we're allowed to be uh naive and a jerk and we still can have capable of really deep feelings yeah and this is like black and white 1950s i was so impressed by this movie it is really good it is really good um because it kind of takes place in real time or it 100 percent takes place in uh, real not 100 percent. Uh, it's like an hour and 30 minutes it's over two hours i think yeah, they yeah, uh yeah. they fast forward some of the uh, driving stuff which is cool <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like yeah nice little touches there there's a per- scene where someone eats frogs <laughs> it's great yeah but generally the idea is the title is what it is yeah it's it's, a, like it's crazy yeah uh, someone's life. like how many people come in and out of her life like she has a her rehearsals with a which is a great scene 
uh, and then she falls in love at the end too, which is like kind of a, a, amazing. It kind of catches you off the grasp, and it is such a romantic thing. That like as she's trying to find out bad news about getting stomach cancer. Huh. Oh, I know, yeah, because that's the thing is she find out she has cancer, and it's like so terrible to watch uh, someone who is like having to go to a doctor in the 1960s. You're mm-hmm. like, oh no, it's it Should looks we... like it's the fucking Middle Ages, basically. Yeah. You know, it's just like saws and cigarettes are like the only things they have for you there. Yeah. Uh, it's never too late to find, get into any director. Um, really glad I watched it. I'll probably dig into more. Yeah, of her movies. some more AV. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, hey, it sounds like you're a member of the AV club. I do Caleb. read the AV club. A <laughs> uh, A Dowd, one of my favorite critics. <laughs> uh, more like AV Dowd, right, Caleb? <laughs> uh, let's tweet this at him. A <laughs> <laughs> A Dowd, more like AV Dowd, right, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's tweet this at him. No, that was that 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 was the tweet. That's that's what the tweet's gonna say. Oh, I just wanted us to do the same thing over and over, over, and over again, again. Yeah, see if no. we get stuck in a pattern. <laughs> Maybe time stood still at that moment. Who can even say, Caleb? Who can even say? I have no idea. It might have. Another movie I watched. Uh, I'll just do it real quick because I didn't love it, but I thought it was a very good gentile, gentile genie. What's the it was a movie word about for people, gentle? It was a movie about people, about people who were not Jewish. Is, it's is true. Doctor it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a good. Gentile movie. <laughs> Start Bing Crosby. It was, uh, it was about basically, Bing Crosby eating a mayonnaise sandwich. It was about that... Laurel and Hardy. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's called Stan and Ollie. It came out last year. It has uh, Steve Coogan hamming it up as uh, yeah. the great uh, Stan Laurel, who was amazing. Uh, and then uh, more of the straight man, the angry uh, Oliver Hardy, was uh, John C. Riley in a fat suit. Uh, <laughs> Did they actually amazing, have a fat suit? Amazing fat suit. Does a really good job of John C. Riley, the best sweetheart, one of the best sweethearts in movie history. <laughs> just a sweet boy. And he just, uh, you automatically love Ollie so much. Uh, is he being like a real sweet boy in the movie? Is that kind of his character? Well, like it's the movie is the, their last tour. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like, so much sadness to them. It's about like how they love each other. It's very sweet. And really, that's what the movie is about is how much uh, Stan uh, loves Ollie. That's really cute. Hardy. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a movie with Steve Coogan where he's not an asshole the entire time. Uh, I mean, he's a real human who can be an asshole, but like, <laughs> he also gets to do a lot of pantomiming like uh, Hardy. Oh, some panto. Yeah. I oh, mean, if you've, watched, if you've watched Lauren Hardy, which uh, you could do on YouTube, kids. Yeah, come on, kids. <laughs> Fire uh, up YouTube, kids. But it's also like a good little slice of uh, 1950s, 1960s uh, Hollywood. We're like uh, pushing people out, bringing them oh, out yeah, new, true. Hot, new things in. Uh, I was didn't love it, but like I'm glad I watched it. That's like one of the only Steve Coogan movies I haven't seen. That one and the one, the good one that got nominated for an Oscar, Philomena. Oh, Philomena's great. He wrote that, too. I know, I know. I should watch it. I love Steve Coogan. I, I love him so much. Yeah. He's a very uh, meaningful Alpha person. Papa to me. is great. I didn't see The Accountant. <laughs> I guess maybe really I've only seen the Trip movies. Maybe that's oh. those are the only Steve Coogan movies I've seen. I like uh, Hamlet too a lot. I thought Hamlet too was very. Oh, underrated. I saw Hamlet too. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That was him trying to be like a big Hollywood. That star. was his. Um, uh, that was his. Uh, yeah, they. Tra- it was at Sundance. Uh, it got sold. Uh, Pam Brady wrote it. Shout out Pam Brady. Writes for South Park. Um, I felt like it was when a movie was like, maybe I'm Will Ferrell, you know, like maybe I can do, just be like super yeah. zany and I'll get to make he a bunch kinda, of money. I don't know. He's a, uh, maybe England's Will Ferrell. <laughs> you know, you're kind of right. Uh, um, I mean, he's he, like, Baby Cow produces a ton of great stuff. That's his uh, production that's company. His production what, company? What, a, what a great com- production company name. Baby Cow? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say Baby Shark now because that's oh, no. what that makes me think of. If we put that as a hashtag, we'll, we will trend. Hashtag Baby Shark. Are you not going to sing it? Or do you uh, think, do you think we'll get sued if we sing Baby Shark? I don't think we'll get sued. I think we'll be. Uh, it's 
public domain because it's too public it's now. It's too, too public now. Also, it's like not very dignified if I can just put that out there. Also, I knew that song like when I was in like fourth grade, and then it's so weird it came back. And also, people don't know the motions to it. Like I was telling a kid, it has like, motions. I mean, the version I and I learned it. Like, I did not know that. Baby shark is when you close your hands and do this. <laughs> and then it goes mama shark, which is bigger, and then daddy shark's bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. For, you can learn about how men are the best. That's the moral of that song. <laughs> While we're chatting around, we could just do, are, is there anything upcoming you're excited about in the calendar sure. year of 2019? Uh, I haven't consulted the full calendar. Mm-hmm. Even though you did send me this question several hours ago, yeah. I could have done that, and I did not. It's a good chat around question. Uh, hey. It is a good chat around question. I'm excited about Her Smell, the new yes, movie. Yes, which I think we're going to be talking about as soon as we can. Yeah, I know. Well, I've seen it actually already. You have? I saw it at Film Festival, Caleb. Oh, I saw it sure. At I'll, I'll go get by my ticket. Yeah, I actually can't. It's playing for two nights in New York next week. No, two nights at one theater, then it's at uh, IFC. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're having like cool events at Nighthawk Prospect Park, I think. Nighthawk PP. Yeah, uh, both Alex Ross Perry and Elizabeth Moss. Oh, really? I didn't even see that. Yeah, it's the Elizabeth. Alex Ross Perry is the first night, and Elizabeth Moss oh. is the second night. I went to uh, a BAM had premiered. Uh, at Bamfest, uh, Queen of Earth, which I love. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, and they were both there. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, I saw it. It's fantastic. I really like it. I've been really excited for it to come out because I like want to talk about it. I want to write about it because it's a movie about like the amazing women of 1990s alternative rock. Yeah. And to uh, listen to him talk about the movie, it's like it's as much about he's that. He's a very idiosyncratic director, and I'm looking forward to his take yeah. on things because he's close to my age. The author of Christopher Robin yeah. is the other thing about him. Color wheel's great. Anyway. Uh, um, I'm excited about that. Avengers, of course. Avengers Endgame. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> our mutual friend Hector uh, texted me or chatted me like, the second they tickets went on sale. Dude, that was a crazy record. That was impressive. Like, as a person who doesn't care about it, I'm still piqued by it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to see it opening week. I might not even see it like the Oh, first... come on. You're not going to see it. We should all go see it together. You don't want to see it opening weekend? Uh, I think you know what types of movies I like. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important societal event. You it, know, I would agree with you it is, uh, but also, I'm a rebel, man. I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. Oh. <laughs> You're a rebel, and you'll never ever be any good. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm excited about. Yeah, please do. That is an Avengers. Uh, I mean, Uncut Gems is. uh, I'm so stoked for that movie. It's the Safdie brothers. Uh, Love the Safdie brothers. Good times. Uh, So good times. They did wonders with Mr. Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uncut Gems stars Adam Sandler. Uh, I am so there for some I mean, Adam Sandler. I love drama. a serious Sandler. Yeah. I, you, you are aware that uh, what is that movie? Um, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. That's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I mean, it came out when I was the right age to like it. But yeah. it's, he's, he's so good in that movie. Yeah, uh, Meyer Witt stories. People don't talk about that. How great he was in that. My brother talks about that constantly. Good, <laughs> he, all, he will not stop Let's talking. Bring about him that. on the cast. He and... would love to. Trust me. He. Uh, Link later has a movie coming out with uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. And uh, Kristen Wiig called uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? <laughs> uh, Quentin has a movie. I mean, I, Quentin just, call Tarantino, him, I yeah. just call him Quentin because I'm so no, close to him. Of course. I'm, a, I'm, I'm never like in love with those movies, but like he's such a visual and like movie like, director. Quentin's out here. He's doing his thing. Glad it, to see him doing it. And it you stars know. our two best movie stars, Brad and Leo. Oh, Brad and Leo. It looks good. It looks good, right? That trailer mm-hmm. is out. Uh, yeah. Brad plays Leo's stuntman. Mm-hmm. And it's like the 60s, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. right. And Margot Robbie is in it, of course, not yeah. wearing pants and all the press stills because she's mm-hmm. not allowed. And yeah, give... every contract she signs, she's not allowed to put pants on. Hey, 
It's cool. <laughs> uh, and the big uh, question about that movie, because she plays Sharon Tate, is is she going to be murdered by the Manson family, or yeah, is it he, not even going to happen in yeah, the movie? Yeah, he uh, ter- like he's on a streak of messing around with history. Like uh, Django was like sure taking back slavery. And, but then uh, it's like maybe it's just you know she did lots of stuff yeah. besides get murdered. Sure, like maybe sure. it just won't be covered in the movie. I mean, Inglorious Bastards changed history. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, it would be such a fucking baller move to put in the most famous victim why, of the Manson family. How dare we try to think what Tarantino does? What the gods? Yes. Do. How dare we question yeah. his motivations? Yeah, I know you're totally right. Uh, but I think the movie I'm most excited just because I don't know much about it uh, was this movie uh, was at Sundance this year called Monos. Uh, it was like all my favorite. Uh, critics were like, "Ooh, this movie is weird. Ooh, it's like Lord of the Flies. Uh, it's gonna be a cult success. Like, ooh, I'm just gonna go and see it. I don't know the director. Wait, what? 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 What's, what's it called again? M O N O M O N O S. Monos. Monos. Yeah. So I'm excited for a good. Is that like more than one mono, yeah. or do you think that's one word? Like, I mean, like monos or one monos. Word. It was written as one word. Like all caps. Mm, sure let's just go with that <laughs> but you understand my question right like no. mono is it more than one mono so monos or is it like some made-up thing like monos yeah that's uh the mystery we get to figure out what it is when it comes out uh it's a plural of monologues it's this is my question exactly this is my question exactly yeah, and i don't have an answer but you're you're pre- you're here presenting yourself as the expert on this film i'm say, i didn't say i was expert i said as a movie i'm looking forward Look, to caleb, about i even an, said that there's I, I don't know anything about it about an hour ago caleb you kicked the door into my house you said i, I am the expert on monos let me record a fucking podcast did not do that. I said mono, the kissing disease, because oh, then yes. I kissed you on the face. Have you ever had mono, the kissing disease? Uh, no, I've never been sick. <laughs> right, of course. How I could? How could I forget that about you? I sneeze like four or five times a year. Do you like save it up and you you get real excited on the day that you're going to sneeze? No, I just is it don't like know. like a kind of an event? You know, <laughs> like you wake up, you're like have a nice breakfast. You're like, wow, I've got to get my energy yeah. up. I'm sneezing later today. I feel it coming on. I get the uh, uh, Instagram story ready. Yeah, you got it. to. You got to hashtag sneeze face. That's a bad hashtag. <laughs> hashtag sneeze face. And you're like, one of these years, I'm not going to close my eyes when sneezing, I sneeze. Sneezing gifts are pretty good. I'm not really that familiar with sneezing gifts. Is I that mean, like a category of gift that you are into? Just type in sneeze on Giphy or sneezing on Giphy. You get <laughs> type that, in sneeze on Giphy. Or like on Twitter even, you get some good gifts. You get that uh, motherfucking dwarf. What what dwarf? Like from like the golf videos? Oh, uh, that's... Uh, what is his name, Dorf? I think his name is Dorf. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, that's Stephen Dorf. Uh, one of the seven Dwarfs. I think his name. Oh no, <laughs> I was way off base. Yeah. Sneezy, the seven and the Dwarf. Oh right, of course, the Dwarf. Yeah. Sounded like you were saying the the Dwarf. I don't think it was Dwarf on golf. It does sound right yeah, though. It's Dwarf. I think it's Dwarf. D O R F. Yeah, Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, and he is short, so it would be. He... Did you ever do a parody because you love Star Trek so much? Wharf on golf. I have not. No. We just put a mask on Dwarf. <laughs> Is this like a thing? It seems like I would have done like made a parody Star Trek video. Yeah. I mean, it does. I yeah, I agree. It does seem like that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, so that's the show for this week. Uh, tune in next week where we are going to be talking about a movie we don't have to, we don't have this crutch to use again for a whole thirty days. So I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye, I love you. Bye.